Hello, and welcome to another episode of Backyard Catch. This is your host, Nick Roby. Thanks for tuning in once again. Guys, football is back. We've been waiting such a long time for this, and even though it's been the same amount of time on the calendar, it's just felt like such a long wait and just such uncertainty of if we were actually going to get it back. But we had our first full weekend of college football and NFL, too. I mean, what a fun time. I know that it's felt weird. I know that we're used to playing non-conference games or having everybody in or teams just being a little sloppy or there's just been uncertainties with how much to hit in practice, as an example. Um, but you know what? I'll take it. I'll take all the the messiness, the, just the things that we that teams are trying to figure out. I'm just so thankful to have this time. Um, so before we get started into that, I wanted to... Well, first, we're going to do like just a little bit of a catch-up on the first full college football weekend. I know there were some games before, but thought it'd be fun just to start off and just have some just some recap and talk to some college football. Just a little solo episode with me tonight. Uh, but before we get into that, I just wanted to sh- share, too, we have some fun stuff coming on the website. So this year, thought it would be really fun to have what we're calling the Backyard Catch College Football Rankings. We're doing our own college football rankings. So like with the AP poll every year where they have voters vote and just determine um, before the playoff uh, who the top 25 teams are, we are doing our own version here at Backyard Catch. We have a committee of people who I'm just thankful for, for taking time and doing this every week and voting on who will be in. We're we're doing a top 15, uh, and that's solely just because there's just too many with just teams not being able to play, um, it just feels like doing top 25 is just a little bit too much. Uh, I even tried to do <laughs> more than that and just gets kind of tough uh, just with teams not playing. I feel like you start losing some of the threshold once you get farther down of teams that just don't feel like they should be ranked and you would have to rank some teams in order to, to get a full 25. So we're doing a top 15. So we're having a committee of people uh, just come and vote every week and we're going to post later in the week as we get closer to games of what our version of the top 15 is. And it's going to be interesting every week to, to compare and contrast what stuff looks like together with what the AP poll has and what the experts are saying and what our people are saying and who they're relating to. So we have released our first week of the top 15. If you've not already seen that, we've done a preseason of that. So this be, be in tune for we're releasing our, we two version now that we've had some slate of games happen but we already have out on on the website right now backyardcatch.com if you go to the article section there's a homepage with all the podcasts and you can subscribe to the newsletter but on the article side um, we keep posting things and so we have one from last end of last week uh, where we ranked our top 15 but that was a preseason to where we included um, teams like the in the big 12 and uh, and, uh, and we, well, yes, in the Big 12, I'm sorry, in the Big 10 and Pac-12, I combined them, uh, for what a preseason could look like. And so we did rank them, um, and then people accordingly ranked what they felt like people were. So, and some people I know were, were trying to figure out, like, do we rank teams in the Big 10 or Pac-12, even if they're not playing? And so that's where some of that has kind of gone into, and based on where they finished in each of those rankings um, is kind of how that works. So... Like, for example, Ohio State is lower than what I would probably expect them to be, but I know people were were having to wade through that. It just just makes it the hard part of this year. So, like, for me, I I would have them number two. 
behind Clemson, but it just that's the way we're trying to do this vote. And so, um, yeah, so, so go ahead and check that out. We have our top 15, and we're going to do something like that every week and just keep you posted. And so we're not including – we're only including teams that are playing in the fall and the rest of the the rankings. And so hopefully – I'm really hoping it would be really fun to have the Big Ten come in. Um, I think it should be better for college football, have teams like Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I think it should be good for the sport to have those guys in there. So I'm really hoping that uh, they can figure it out, that the, the, the people in power can – get on board because these players and coaches want to play. And if we can do it in a safe way that they feel that they can do, um, it feels reasonable. I would love to have them part of the picture. So, but for now we're just trying to keep it as simple as that. So go check that out um, and stay tuned so you can stay up to date with where the rankings are right now. Um, And so what stood out from the weekend, man, you just kind of forget how fun college football can be. Sometimes you just get, up in the morning, you watch college game day, you're seeing all the guys, and you're and you just start getting more and more amped up, especially if you have a night game. Like I'm a, as a Clemson fan, I'm getting more and more excited for later in the day. But there's just something just normal about it. And I know they're having to kind of figure out themselves. Like obviously they're having like a larger desk with more space. Corso, Lee Corso can't come, but he's in his place in Florida. And he made that work. I thought he, they, they, they played that off kind of funny and just with having the cardboard cutouts and having the mascots do different things. I think he made that kind of fun. And so honestly, I feel like they did a, a pretty decent job at that, uh, of trying to make the best they could. And there's me some kinks they're going to have to figure out. Like when they were trying to do the picks, they had Chris Paul come on because he's from Wake Forest and Clemson Wake Forest was the game of the week they were doing. But there's such a delay because they had that work and interesting to hear just the conversations and the one part that I was just like not as much in love with is, as we get into this is just with Notre Dame. And it was just so interesting that, that, that they took, you know, they have some different pieces in it and they went with the Notre Dame, like a thank you letter to Notre Dame for joining in. And it's just such an interesting approach of talking about that conversation because Notre Dame was not going to have a schedule guys. Notre Dame as an independent, which is they've wanted to be for years. They normally can make their schedule as non-conference games to, for all these other teams and they have certain rivalries and now with the ACC they've been playing five games a year scheduled as because they're in the ACC and all other sports but in, in football they were still considered independent but they still had to play these five games for the contract but when all these te- conferences were going to conference only games they're gonna be out of luck for having a schedule and then the ACC made it work for them to come and it's just this feeling I'm just kind of getting, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, but there's just this feeling of that we should be glad that Notre Dame is part of the ACC, when I really feel like it should be the other way around, that Notre Dame should be really glad that they have a season at all right now, or at least somewhat of consequence. I mean, they can win the ACC and, and go even to the playoff if they play really well, maybe go undefeated, or maybe even one loss. Um, so it's just a weird way to to kind of address that. And I would just say like, I'm still kind of mixed about it as a fan of Clemson and of the ACC. I'm not sure if I, how I feel about them being in there. Um, Cause I don't like the inner out kind of possibility. And plus I do kind of wish it was a little bit more regionalized, but I get trying to get bigger teams and making them a part of these bigger conferences. So that was kind of weird, but you know what? I mean, right now I'll take the football and I'll take the weird um, I got to watch the Notre Dame and Duke game. It was really interesting to see like what 
it would look like with Duke. And it was kind of interesting seeing the ACC logos on the Duke, uh, on the, the sidelines for Notre Dame. But uh, it, it was still cool. I'm impressed with the, that they got fans there, that they got the students and some faculty and parents, and they all were creating an atmosphere there. They're all being pretty good about being socially distant and just staying in their own little groups that they came in with. And I thought it was just, it was just a fun to have that back. And I was really interested to see, because we have Chase Bryce, who was a transfer from Clemson getting a start for Duke. And I feel like Duke kind of held their own for a little bit. And then obviously Notre Dame pulled away later. But it wasn't just as easy as them just walking right in and taking over. And so that was just interesting. An interesting theme, I feel like, for this week really was that most teams took a little bit of time getting going, especially on offense. And I feel like that might be kind of typical. But but if you think about it, there was no spring. Uh, they abruptly have start, stopped in the spring. They've been off and on in the summer. Some teams have only been only able to hit so much. And you even have teams like Navy who never hit until the actual game, which I sidebar, I don't think that's a great idea because you put players at more injury risk than if you have to do a little bit of hitting at least. But teams are in different levels of that. But it just, it just takes some teams a while to get going, except for a couple teams maybe give like a, you know, like a Clemson or an Oklahoma or some of these bigger schools that they were able to just jump right in. Most teams were having a little bit of time getting together, but pulling out wins and coming together. And then you also have this whole thing of the atmosphere of some places just didn't have any fans. Like the Clemson Wake Forest game didn't have any fans. And then you have others that have very limited capacity. Just made it interesting. But I think we're getting kind of used to what that looks like, you know, getting kind of used to piped in crowd noise. Like you kind of forget about it, um, that you kind of just get used to them playing on the field. And only until you get to the wide shots of where you're used to seeing, you know, student sections getting really excited or paying the fans or how much of that's a part of the game. Other than that, I think they're, they're really trying to make it work. So we have that another one, just another thing that really stood out that I was not expecting was, we had three Big 12 teams fall to the Sun Belt. And I just thought that was so interesting. And just showing up how close these teams actually were. I mean, you take like a Louisiana and they were putting together big chunk plays. They had a long touchdown throw. They had two kick return touchdowns and they were just ready to go. And it just seemed like Iowa State just did not know how to respond. And I don't know if that's a part of the crowd factor. I think that really it could be is that the crowd, especially for a home team can really help them get back into it and get the juices flowing. I feel like it's probably harder to turn momentum. They've talked about that in the NBA, especially in the playoffs when you had like the nuggets come back from a super far deficit. And then the, the Clippers just ha- couldn't turn it back. And I think it was game five. If I remember correctly, but you have these momentum swings, and I think it's just harder for teams to build that on their own unless maybe they've done that before. Or you just have to have some some upperclassmen leadership that can really help turn that. You have to manufacture that probably more than what players are used to. But having you know teams go down, you had Kansas State go down, Iowa State go down. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the third one that went down as well. But it was just interesting to have all these teams – just struggling with with that. Um, we also had 
Let's see. What other games do we have on? We had App State Charlotte, which is fun. Um, another one was North Carolina Syracuse. It was I was really interested to see with North Carolina. You know, the whole thing is it's one thing to when you're a team that no one's really paying attention for and then they're under the radar one year and then the next year when everyone's picking you to be kind of the darling kind of dark horse kind of pick to make the AC title game or to give Clemson a shot, especially because they played Clemson so close at home last year that I wanted to see how they would respond and how they would go after being, it's one thing, you know, to play as an underdog. And it's another thing to play as a team to be in the conference or just being teams are much more aware of you. And, you know, it took them a, a little while to get started. Syracuse has been just struggling. And so the, it took them a while until about the second half. And then they started hitting their cylinders. But they ended up winning 31 to 6. But I think it just it just goes to show that just it, it just takes a while to get used to and get back into rhythm and get back into just coordination and communication between the quarterback and wide receivers and offensive line play and um, I think defenses have just had some advantages at first. Um, so that was it was interesting. I thought another big one was I don't know I don't know what's going on down there in Tallahassee. Florida State was just struggling yesterday. And I think it just comes down to, and I'm just after listening to some people and thinking about it, I just think it even highlights even more so just how far they were behind in ways that we didn't even realize when, when Taggart took over the job two years ago. I mean, we knew about some offensive line play and just how they were just not, they're missing pieces in order they had to rebuild. But I think just realizing what he had to deal with and now what Mike Norvell is having to rebuild even more so going forward. So it's going to take some time, but I think a lot of people underrated this Georgia Tech team and what Jeff Collins is doing down there. And I know they implemented a new system. Now they have the Sims kit at QB. So he'll be, he'll be really interesting. Um, but for Florida State, it's a game you would really like to have. Um, so I'm hoping that they can kind of use this as a momentum builder. But I think Mike Norvell will be good down there in Tallahassee. I just think it's going to take some time for the results to come in the way you want to. And I think Georgia Tech, if they can get you know, some of the bodies that can kind of fit into this new, more maybe more traditional spread run uh, offense. And if they can get some good quarterback play, I think they're, they're going to be kind of fun to watch too over the next few years. Oklahoma was probably the other big team where they really balled out. Now, granted, they're playing an FCS team in Missouri State, but Spencer Rattler, I mean, you want to talk about some, something to walk into. He is really the first quarterback that they've gotten in Oklahoma where he's really was recruited there. Um, you know, for the past three ones, you got Kyler Murray, you got Baker Mayfield, you got Jalen Hurts. They were transfers. And two of the three won the Heisman. And, and just in that system, it's just become recently over the years that you're known to supposed to have a good offense. And so he was this highly talented five-star from Arizona and knowing that he's got the talent, but can he put it together in this offense and can he really jump going? And so he was making some throws that was just some beautiful deep ball throws. And so I'll be very interested to see once they get more into the meat of their schedule, what that really looks like. Cause they did lose some, some pieces that they're going to have to replace, especially with a guy like CD lamb. It's, it, it's really hard to replace that, but 
if they can spread the ball and kind of use it just feels like that offense is kind of built to what Rattler can do slinging the ball in a spread you know really spread out kind of an offense and then he can use his legs as another factor I think they can be really dangerous and a factor Um, I'll be really interested to see if their defense can kind of hold up in some of these bigger games but those are probably the two that were really the biggest and so now, obviously, we um, didn't also get the SEC. We're still waiting on them. They don't really start until a couple weeks from now, just the way they did their schedule. So we didn't have teams like Alabama or Georgia, Florida, LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M. Like, it'll be really interesting to see what they will, will look like in a national picture, especially in an SEC type of schedule where they're having to play each other the whole time. Um, I think a team like Alabama could come out of the conference, but also they need to be careful not to, that they might beat up on each other too. So I'm excited for that. I mean, guys, there's just so much football. And so it's just, it's just fun. So I'm, I'm just enjoying it right now. I know things have been so chaotic and just, you know, when you try to read social media, it just feels like all the time, like, like just, either it almost have people rooting against the season, but there's just feel like so many things going against a season happening this year. And, you know, for me, I'm like, man, I want another year of Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. just for me as a fan, just because with college, you only get a handful of years with them and just want to watch them, especially as upperclassmen. So I'm just, it was just so much fun to watch them guys. And just with, I mean, Clemson Wake Forest for me, I just was, it was just really fun to watch um, the Tigers just really play well. And it, it's honestly one of the better times I've seen the offense. Like, Trevor seems so comfortable in a first game running that offense and even getting two scoring touchdowns. But just the ability for Clemson to have the tight end over the middle, I can't tell you how much that opens up the playbook for them. Because when you got ETN running and be able to catch a little bit out of the backfield, you got Amari Rodgers. And then you got two guys like Ngata and Ladson on the outside. And then you have Galloway over the middle. I mean, you've got a threat all over the place. So I think Clemson's got an opportunity to have one of the better offenses for sure in the country. Um, so I just really enjoyed that, man. And, and they just have some fun freshmen. You know, I got Miles Murphy and Brian Brzezzi, Um just to get to watch. So I'm just as a Clemson fan, it was just really fun to get to watch them over the over the weekend and just get to see all these young guys in there so yeah we got football i can run through the top 25 rankings um they originally had as well the big 10 and pac 12 and people like that um so they took everybody out but this is who they have if you haven't seen this yet they got clemson one alabama two oklahoma three georgia four florida five lsu six Notre Dame seven auburn eight Texas 9, Texas A&M 10, Oklahoma State 11, UNC 12, Cincinnati 13, UCF 14, Tennessee 15, Memphis 16, Miami 17, uh, let's see, Louisville 18, Louisiana 19, which is everyone to beat Iowa State, so that, that's a fun one to see. Uh, we got Virginia Tech at 20, um, 21 BYU, who put just a butt, <laughs> they weren't just a um, um, a blowout on Navy. Um, we got Army at 22, App State 23, Kentucky 24, Pittsburgh 5. It's interesting to see how they rank some of these teams that haven't even played yet. Um, you see Notre Dame moves up. Um, Clemson got them, everybody but one who voted for LSU as um, 
as first place. But I think, I mean, it's just so early that we'll, we'll see how this kind of keeps playing out. But that's just a rundown of the top 25. I feel like it's, it's, it's pretty fair for what's going on right now. Um, the interesting one to see right now is what does Georgia look like at quarterback? Like it's JT Daniels. Can he one, can he be healthy and jump into that? Now that Newman has opted out. And if he can, what does he look like in that offense? Cause I think Georgia can be really dangerous if he can be healthy and operate. Like I think he can, uh, and you got Bama. I mean, they have a new quarterback with Matt Jones, um, or also with, with their, their talented freshmen. Um, but they're also super dangerous. And you got Florida, who is kind of underrated with Kyle Trask coming back. Um, LSU is still the national champions. So you have to deal with them. Auburn, you got Bo Nix in year two. I think it'd be really good. Um, and then Texas A&M, I feel like it's kind of just a part of the top 10 as well. I mean, maybe they turn things around, but I feel like they're kind of always listed in the top 15. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of waiting to see with them. So I'm excited, y'all. So we got some fun games next week. Uh, but there you go. Just want to give you a little quick breakdown of just some thoughts and takeaways from just the first full weekend of college football. So thanks, y'all. I hope you have a great week and stay tuned. We'll be talking to you soon. So thanks.